Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a very, very special Cork by type uh, film festival, uh, Cork Film Festival extravaganza here, uh, coming from the Republic of Work in uh, in Cork City. Uh, we're really delighted to be here and invited down by the Cork Film Festival to spread our wares, our film network and wares around the town. Um, we're into episode 80-odd now on the podcast. We're really excited. Things are really taking off. And uh, um, listening, a couple of episodes of notes to, to check back, back in on recently is our mind, uh, the Mind Yourself episode, um, in which we explore uh, filmmakers' psychologies, how we need, what, what we're not doing in Ireland that other countries are uh, in, in relation to support systems for filmmakers and, and, and creatives in general working in Ireland. Uh, it's really good. Um, we have a representative from Screen uh, Skills, Fran, and uh, um, a representative from the film and TV charity, formerly the Benevolent Flo- uh, Fund in the UK, uh, Manny, and uh, I forget the other one, but you know, sure, listen back in and you'll find out who the third person is. Everyone loves a surprise. Um, so today we are joined by um, some really cool people. Uh, we're joined by Pippa Cross, who is a international producer working out of the UK. Outa being the operative word there. Um, uh, Aoife Crean or Crean? Crean. Crean, excuse me, Crean. And uh, producer Paul Donovan. Um, how's everybody doing? Good, very well. I'm deli- delighted to be Beautiful. here. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, so we're going to start uh, with uh, you, Aoife. How's it going? Good, good, very well. Uh, sorry for offending people's ears if they're, li- if they're listening in from Cork. My uh, Dublin tones will <laughs> offend you. Um, it's like we're in the Republic of Work in the People's Republic, so, you know. Yeah, exactly. I feel like I'm, I'm in the be- belly of the beast behind ele- <laughs> enemy lines. I'm joking. We, we we're all friends now. Uh, how's it going? How's your festival going for you so far? Uh, good. Well, really excited. Today, it's a uh, world premiere is tonight. Okay. Um, so really looking forward to seeing it with an audience. Lovely. Yeah, really, honestly, just kind of can't wait to see it with other people. <laughs> yeah, God. <laughs> and see, because um, it's a comedy drama, so I think, I don't know, I love going to the cinema, especially for comedy stuff, you know, seeing other people laugh, seeing other people react, and it's just so... That's, where, that's where your payoff is. It's like, yeah, this is it now. Yeah, yeah. kind of, because it's like, I guess you don't make a film... You know, you're making it for an audience. For an audience, yeah. and so It's the last right. Am I right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, it's um, a comedy drama that is a road movie. It's kind of like a nod to Little Miss Sunshine. It's definitely, that was a big inspiration. Because actually when I was writing it, um, it at the very beginning, I, I got a really bad flu. And I was down in West Cork okay. and the TV wasn't working. Um, and the only DVD I had was Little Miss Sunshine. <laughs> so I like watched it on repeat. I think I watched it three times a day. It's beautiful. For a week. It? It's an amazing film. Yeah. yeah. And then I find out the TV worked. <laughs> and you're like, oh! But anyway, but it's, it's definitely, it's, um, it's a, an Irish road movie that's um, with heart. It's like, it's about a, a, Daniel is coming home. Daniel's living in New York. He finds out his mom has died. So he gets on a plane to come home. Okay. Uh, for her funeral and the fellow next to him on the plane dies um, and he's before he's died he's put Daniel as his next of kin and so Daniel gets home and he's trying to deal with everything he needs to deal with the funeral and his brother he's like a much younger brother um, who's autistic as well mm. and um, then uh, the police keep showing up basically and saying um, 
that you know you need to take charge of your next of kin and he's like I don't know the guy anyway he ends up basically because he's <laughs> trying to convince his brother Louis to come back to New York with him and Louis's having none of it there's shades of kind of rain man and yeah uh, yeah definitely it's a definite and there's yeah. actually a joke in there because there's a definite like um for me rain man was it was a conscious choice I mean there's a a, a surprise somewhere along we the way kinda, yeah I mean you'll have to watch the film to see yeah. But um, but there's a the Rain Man joke in there. It's like there's two Rain Man jokes definitely, in there. Definitely, definitely a Rain Man joke in there. Definitely, definitely, definitely. 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 <laughs> uh, that's great. Um, yeah. Uh, how in terms of production and stuff, how did you get from page to stage, as it were? Uh, in terms of, is it? I don't know a great deal about the the project in terms of pre-production. Was it funded? Did you get funding, or yeah, uh, who's well, behind it in terms of production? We were so lucky. We had um, the Irish Film Board came on board quite early. I had written a really raw first draft of the script, okay, um, and then the Irish Film Board came on board that and funded a second draft of that. Oh, lovely. Um, okay. Which and that first draft, because um, I worked with Pippa, the producer. Um, I started out as her assistant years ago right. and so I sent her that first draft and so she was really encouraging. She sent it to the Irish Film Board and then um, I think it was, was, it, was, it, it was that draft Paul came on board as well and I actually met Paul um, through a very happy accident in the toilet. <laughs> Uh, so okay. <laughs> so bad. Cover your ears. <laughs> la, 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 la. No, I, was, I, I, I met a woman in a, a toilet who gave me. I was saying I wanted to. I was working in the UK at the time, and I was saying I'd be interested in coming back to Ireland. Okay. And she said, "Oh my God, you have to meet this amazing producer called Paul Donovan." And I got in touch, and then we. I did a little bit of script editing for Paul. Okay. So, um, so then, and then we were the real turning, kind of game-changing moment. I think was when E One came on board. Oh, fantastic! So, um, who were a, a distributor that I, I mean I love anyway. I love their their taste, and so I, I'm still pinching myself that they came on board. But that they came on board at the script stage, okay. and that kind of really made it all possible and mm-hmm. um, so we then between them and the Irish Film Board who were super supportive um, Dervla Regan there was um, amazing and they gave us the kind of maximum that you could give which was really amazing for as a first time director yeah, yeah. I mean I'm just still in terms of support and, yeah, and, and really was, lifting you up I was yeah, yeah. kind of blown away by the support of E1 and the Irish Film Board in terms of um, a first time director who, who it's a very Irish thing, isn't it? We're, we're, don't get me wrong, we're incredibly grateful. <laughs> yeah, but, but that anyone is yeah, like... It's like, please pick me. <laughs> that apologetic uh, post-colonial thing, you know, it's like creeping around doors when, yeah. when we're invited to house parties. Well, is it okay if I come in? <laughs> but it's great. It, 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 so it's wonderful. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. Um, so in terms of casting, how did that come about? Did you get everyone you were looking for? Um, that type of thing. Yeah, we're really lucky with the casting in terms of because E1 were on board, they had we had to get a certain level of cast, okay. um, or they wouldn't sign off on it basically. Okay. And so, before, before I think it was Pippa and Paul can worked out anyway was and anyone that if we could fill some of the smaller roles with um, with great exciting names mm-hmm. then we'd have freedom to kind of choose just the very right person for the the main roles mm-hmm. um so that was really critical because uh, the main roles of daniel mary and louis and um, that kind of i had the freedom basically to to choose the right actor for the role okay. um because in thanks 
to Brian Cox coming on board as in the, for the Riley and Colin Meany coming on board as um, Detective Crowley. That was really lucky. So lucky. Yeah. And, uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, that sounds really exciting. Um, can you tell us, uh, it's screening tonight or did it screen yes already? it's screening tonight um at 8 45 okay well this is not going out live okay but, but <laughs> yeah it's about to sure, do um, <laughs> yeah and uh, yeah there's still some tickets available yeah. um where potentially can people see it in the future when and where uh well it's out in cinemas on december 6th okay. um all across ireland oh all i love that everywhere. Yeah, north and south um Coming to a so please go i think i think it's definitely one that is lovely to see in the cinema okay. again for, for for the collective audience response because mm-hmm. there's um some la- is, yeah it's, it's a mix of um it'll make you laugh it'll make you cry yeah kind yeah. of uh, it, genuinely i mean i'm a bit kind of um that we've had some really small screenings and in those screenings it's, it's been guys that have been crying which is kind really? of like i've been like whoa didn't so that's kind of like and, and then also it's just lovely to it's really nice to see people responding to um to the story but i would say as a um why you should go and see the film is the reason I made it, to be honest, is that it's I... good. Well, no, not just because it's good. It's um, I get very affected by films that I go and see in the cinema. So if yeah. I see something really dark and violent, I come out of the cinema and I feel like the world is really dark. Yeah, yeah. And so I just wanted to make a film that you could come out of the cinema and feel good. So basically, if you're an empathetic person, as in and not a sociopath, <laughs> go and see this film because you'll enjoy it. Uh, uh, can you tell us, just give us a brief, uh, let's go way back, and uh, just tell us about how you got into film very quickly and a little bit about yourself. Um, yeah, I, I studied drama and English at Trinity, okay. and I actually set out wanting to be an actress and then realised in Trinity that I, I wasn't very good at acting. <laughs> I, I realised I didn't have the self-consciousness that, you know, I think, yeah, I yeah. think real... Isn't that talent. the problem for actors, that they are self-conscious? <laughs> Well, you know, I, th- I think I just basically realised what a raw and rare talent acting is. When it's good. When yeah, it, yeah, yeah, and I think and what had drawn me to um, filmmaking is, is basically, I, there weren't that I mean, there was only Jane Campion when I was growing up in terms of, you know, the example of a female director. Mm-hmm. And even like I kind of, I genuinely didn't really know what a director did. But so I started um, right, I wrote a little short film. I, I just, I love films, I've always loved films. So I wrote a little short film and then directed that and loved that. And um, I I worked in theatre and I Mm -hmm. loved working with actors, but I knew my kind of heart was in film, like my Mm -hmm. imagination was in film. And so I started... It just wouldn't let you go kind of thing. It just wouldn't let me go. No, it really is the case. We'd be surprised with the people that we've had on. Like there's a yearning that they can't describe. Yeah. That brings them back no matter how you know, hard they're kicked when they've been down. Well, that's the kind of crazy thing, because I was kicked a lot. (laughs) 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 And it didn't seem to deter me. (laughs) I mean, it it actually did deter me for a little bit. Um, And I did at one point kind of think, oh, God, this is clearly never going to happen. Screw it. But actually, it was in that moment that I kind of then started writing just for myself. Yeah. I know it sounds really cheesy, but it was like, I'm just going to no, write absolutely. because I like writing I, and I, I I love it. So I'm going to keep doing it. And you were and very well supported with the film board. And, uh, well, that Ireland, was afterwards. That, that was afterwards. Actually, I, the, 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 in terms of, um, I'd, I'd got it actually rejected from the film. Sure, everybody gets that, that, that's no, what no, I was going to ask next. Good, yeah. How do you do with rejection? Well, it, it kind of, this film definitely was born out of rejection because yeah. it was, I wrote the first outline eight years ago 
and the film board um, were supportive at the time, but they didn't fund the script, which was gutting at the time. Mm. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and so I went away and I worked in, that was kind of around the time I thought, well, afterwards I was working in TV in development and I was reading hundreds of scripts. Okay. And it was around that time I thought of kind of giving it all up. But actually it was Just because of the sheer piles of scripts literally in, in the room that you had to get through. And it's like, well, if there's so many there... You know, well, is there a chance for any script really in that regard, or was it very much, a, or did that inspire you in some it way? It actually kind of, yeah, it, it turned out to inspire me because it was like what I was reading yeah. was I was just reading so much crime and so much dark um, stuff, and I, I didn't really come across that many stuff um, that joyful, you, yeah, kind of. yeah, yeah, and so, and and also I was actually coming across this whole time I was reading so many scripts that were um, writers that had agents. Um, and that weren't that good. And I know that sounds kind of, but I was also reading some amazing scripts because the company I was working for worked with really new writers and it also worked with really established writers. So it was, a, it was I'd say to any writer um, out there, just read hundreds of scripts. It's, yeah, it's yeah. just the best way. Because I didn't go to film school and it's like, it's, it's the best way to learn. Figure out um, the tropes, figure out the syntax, how it all works, how it's all put together. Yeah. We had uh, Stephen Cleary, who's a former head of development at British Screen, over doing oh, classes right. with us at Film Network Ireland last week. And he, very much like yourself, would read dozens and dozens of scripts because, you know, it's part of his job. Yeah. But similarly, he was like, the same kind of thing, like, just because people are attached to a piece of work or have an agent doesn't necessarily mean that it's good and that, the, you, know, you know, the cream will rise to the top eventually. Yeah. So that's why if you know you're good and if people around you know you're good, you need to stick to your guns. Yeah. And hang in there. How yeah. do you deal with rejection? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's kind of, I mean, it does sound like a cliche, but it's, it is the, the truth. It's like you, yeah. you have to have self-belief first and I think it's, um, that was where I struggled for a long time. Was yeah. and I was writing stuff I thought other people wanted to hear, and I was also I kind of so you found your voice. <coughs> yeah, yeah, mm. and that was so um, liberating. To be honest, mm. I just thought, and it was. I also I, I wasn't. I didn't wait for funding. It was like having the f- the first outline after it got kind of you know sidelined or pushed back. Basically, I did leave it for a while, but then the characters just wouldn't go away. They literally just kept pop backing up. Uh, mm-hmm. or kept popping back up and so then I decided I'm just going to write it because I want to write it yeah. I'm not going to wait for permission so, or you know, wait for anyone to kind of say yes you can yeah yeah which is the which best is weirdly t- what I had been doing yeah yeah so so that was great cool how do you yeah. when someone says no what what do you do what do you do well um I used to kind of you know probably burst into tears <laughs> not burst into tears but it, it, it happened to me this morning when I didn't have the right trench and the bus driver was like you know you can't come and no I was way like, oh, what do you mean did he? No. No, that wouldn't, that wouldn't happen in Ireland. <laughs> yeah, no, it wouldn't at all. It, it, yeah. Ironically, it did happen a couple of weeks ago like with a Leap top-up card and he just went, go on ahead. And I was like, that's great. Yeah, they're um, so kind. But yeah, Irish people are sound. Uh, maybe uh, we might bring in Pippa. Hello. How are you? Very well, thank you. All the better for being here. Oh, lovely. Thanks for coming in. You're very good. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your involvement in this project? And uh, Yeah. So, I mean, Aoife and I go back a long way, um, and we were working on, um, I think, a film uh, called Chalet Girl that I made back in the day. And between us, you know, we were doing all the producer crap that producers do. And, you know, there is a very beautiful delivery folder that Aoife, you know, helped me with. And and there was clearly a point where, you know, 
you were going to write and you were going to direct Aoife and you needed to get the hell out of a producer's office and go and do some of that. So that was the beginning of... I've, t- I, I've taught you all I can, young Padawan. Well, don't, well you don't want to know what... The, it was more that you don't want to know what I have to know. You want to go and do your own thing. You yeah, want to go yeah. and be creative. I mean, producers, of course, we do believe we're creative too, mm-hmm. but in a different way. So <laughs> you, you had to go and do your thing. And, yeah. uh, and, and, you know, what goes around comes around. And, you know... Then um, I do remember there was an early draft of the... It was an early treatment. Which and very different. And it was no, very different. But it also... The, the geography was, you know, all over the place. Because I do remember that in order to get for, to, from southwest Cork to northeast, you know, Antrim, mm-hmm. they went via the cliffs no, of Moa. I think that was... Because <laughs> at the time, in that early... They, the story actually went from Dublin to the, to, um, the, oh, Ar- okay. the Aran Islands. Yeah, yeah. And it was basically then afterwards, it was like when I'd learned much more about script writing, I realised they needed to be... Um, you needed to give, you know, cr- make it as hard as you can for your characters. So I was basically like, knew it was starting kind of guilty and then was like where is the furthest okay is it plausible to get from such and such to a to b um pippa i might ask you just because there's a lot of young producers uh, in ireland particularly female uh, who would like to know how how did you forge your way into the film industry i mean a lot of it is being in the right place at the right time. And I know that's unhelpful in terms of career advice because it just <laughs> happens. But I was very lucky to be at Granada Television back in the, I suppose, late 70s, early 80s. Anyway, my, my then boss said, Pippa, I think we should make some feature films. This is, this is a true story. Um, and we decided, therefore, he was quite powerful at that point so we had a sort of option to make a feature film so there was also an amazing tax break in the UK those days for features mm-hmm. and so we we literally received a pile of scripts and one of them came in from a um, an LA based producer called Paul Heller and it was called My Left Foot and oh, oh, oh that little thing <laughs> so so you know and to be fair to Steve and I you know, we did think it was the best thing we had read, but it did also have Daniel Day-Lewis attached and it was kind of in quite a good place to go. And so that sort of happened and I'd never been on a movie set before and I came over here off and on during production at Ardmore and I sort of learnt tonnes of what I now know from Arthur Lappin, who was the line producer on that, um, from Noel Pearson, you know, the sort of lessons you learn from Noel are interesting ones, and, <laughs> um, and tons from watching Jim Sheridan work. Yeah. And it was an amazing experience. And so I was extremely lucky to have that. But I guess I sort of did, I was smart enough to work out that if you get those opportunities and you meet really talented people, you should try and hold on to those connections. Mm. So that was the sort of beginning of my story. And it hasn't all been like that. Granada thought because we'd made one movie that won Oscars, that clearly every time you made a movie, you We're would on the automatically win yeah. Oscars. So they got a bit disappointed over subsequent years when not everything we did seemed to go straight to Santa Monica. And, and not like the Ford Granada, it's no longer uh, picking up awards. No. Yeah. Well, it's a, that's, that's a pity, but, you know, how hard is it to, to, to achieve that level of success for any company or any, you know, No, producer? I mean, it, it was amazing, yeah. um, but it's a long time ago now. So it's very nice to be back here, um, you know, with another... Um, first-time filmmaker, as Jim was then. Exci- so, exciting uh, times, huh? Yeah. Uh, can you tell us, uh, do you have any tips, uh, I suppose, for specifically for f- female creatives within the industry? Um, 
any tips of how maybe you might have done things different yourself? I know there were very different times, um, but do you have any kind of words of wisdom that you you've passed down to maybe your younger self if you were starting out again? Oh, that's quite tough. I, I, to be honest, never really noticed. But then I think probably the TV, the TV business, which it, which I largely was in, mm-hmm. was was always. Um, full of quite empowering woman, women. There was an okay. amazing woman called Andrea Wonfer who launched the Tube out of Newcastle. And, you know, she was a, like a mentor. People looked after each other. And I think that's still true. Mm-hmm. So I think the only thing that's probably changed is that everyone's talking about it now. And the funding potential has been sort of activated, if you like, because as women, we do want to see you know, our own voices up there. You know, the notion that one is 51% of the population and mm. something like 17% of the world's films, or less possibly, are directed yeah. by women is shocking. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you've got to bring it on and you've got to be allowed to make your mistakes and you've just got to keep doing it. And so I think just go for it, really. Yeah, yeah. The, how do you deal with rejection? Because I'm sure even... Because one, one common thing that comes up amongst all of our podcast guests is that no matter what level you're working to or level of oh, success God, yes. associated, you, it doesn't go away. No, no, all the time. I mean, the word no is is the word you get all the time to yeah. a point where you get quite sort of um, uh, superstitious about, you know, I've had so many no's in the last few days, the next one's got to be good news. And then yeah. it usually isn't. I mean, honestly. <laughs> then the next one. Particularly in the, fu- I mean, you know, funding and actors, probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually directors at some level. I mean, because... You know, you need you you need to have your talent, and you've got to mm. go after them, and they're all very busy. Well, I was going to say in terms of because um, I don't think I answered. I mean, I made a joke of that question <laughs> instead of <laughs> answering it rightly. But um, I think if you, as a writer anyway, if mm-hmm. you're writing because you love it, that makes rejection easier because it's um, and for me it was a it's a, writing is now a comfort. So it's like when I get if I get rejected for something I write yeah. you know so, so it's like they kind of and they, they feed off each other and then you kind of you turn, I, I you turn a negative into a positive quite yeah literally. and I think cause, because before I used to burst into tears and think oh my god I'm terrible I'm awful I'm never going to make it yeah. um, and whereas that's silly and it'll never get you anywhere it's obviously very natural yeah. but it's I think the key is to realise why you're doing it and when, if you realise you're doing it for yourself because you love doing it then in a way nothing can touch you yeah, except uh, the brutal world <laughs> except the outside no, world it's true though I mean you're, you're absolutely right because if you really believe in it then mm. you, you know if somebody's you know one door closes and you just go and look for another door that's open and then that closes as well but you keep at it and look for a revolving door <laughs> that would be good, wouldn't it? Um, but, uh, if, you know, if you just keep knocking on those doors and you believe in what you're going to do and you're a little bit flexible, OK, that's not working in that quite that way, so we need to be a bit more imaginative about it. Yeah. Um, you know, be prepared to adapt and adjust, but just keep knocking. Yeah. And also, I think, do, you know, choose projects that you love. Mm-hmm. I think it's like, because it is so, even when you love them, it's such a hard... Um, journey and there's so many challenges that I think if you don't love it then it could become hell quite quickly whereas it's like so you need to love it so I think if you but a lot of people actually don't do that they yeah of course well they're, gun, well they're guns for hire as well yeah you know, and, you know, uh, the yeah, I think it's it's it's. Oh, hello. Are we under time pressure? Oh no, I was just I felt that bad for stealing. Well, let's. Uh, uh, now would be a good time to bring Paul in. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry about that, Paul. How are you? How's it going? How are you? How you uh, thanks a million for coming in. Um, tell us a little bit about 
your involvement, uh, what you do and your involvement in this project. Okay, so Paul Donovan, Deadpan Pictures, uh, producer with Pippa of The Last Rite. Great. <laughs> that's, that's me in a nutshell. So listen, thanks for coming in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so could you tell us um, kind of your role specifically on this, like what you, what you, for people who are producing or, you know, finding their way up the snakes, well, the ladder, the ladder in this game is snakes and ladders. Mm. Um, what, what you do, uh, what specifically you've done on this project and what you do? Um, well, the Aoife sent the script to me uh, I think it was 2015. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's f- obviously four years between then and now. Yeah. Uh, and at the time, you know, I loved the script when it arrived in. It, you know, it was character-driven, comedy-drama, you know, really strong story, really well told. Yeah. Uh, and I kind of went, right, mm, okay, feature film, this is going to be, you know, you're, I'm going into this with my eyes open. This is going to be a tough, long haul. Yeah. Uh, it's not easy to get a film financed out of Ireland. Uh, and this script was quite ambitious as well, you know, in terms of budget and scale uh, and like the road movie element of the of the film. So it was always going to be an ambitious kind of project. Uh, and I knew um, the first thing that came into my head was, look, th- this would make for an Irish UK co-production. So, you know, if we can find a way of... Uh, finding someone who's in sync with that. Yeah. Uh, and Aoife said, well, I actually have been in touch with Pippa. Uh, so once myself and Pippa met up, then you know, we kind of talked about the practicalities of how uh, co-production could work between us. And it was very doable and an obvious thing to do. And the kind of elements in the script allowed for that to happen without kind of compromising the script. Yeah, of course. Um, so that was really the kind of the starting point of, look, th- th- this is possible. And there's a number of... Uh, financing sources that uh, we can access together but um, in order to make them work we need some kind of commercial money to actually gel the whole thing together. To, a- to activate it? Yeah to activate it and also to get make sure that the, the budget you know wasn't so tight that we couldn't actually do what was in the script. Yeah. Uh, it's a, that's always, always a challenge, no matter how much money you have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but in this case, you know, first time filmmaker, it was always going to be, you know, a big ask to try and um, get that commercial funding. Yeah. Uh, so once, as Eva said, once E1 came in and backed her as director as well, then that was really the game changer, as she said, that just gelled the whole thing together. Yeah, wonderful. Um, as a producer, just from a, a company perspective, and I might bring. Uh, Pippa in on this afterwards. Um, what is it you're looking for in a script, and how open are you to reading new submissions and new work and working with new people? No, clearly you are uh, with a project like this. Yeah, well, I mean, we call ourselves shamelessly subjective. <laughs> so basically, <laughs> and if you know, if, if if we get an idea that we're just all excited about, then um, you know that's the starting point. Yeah, it's the idea, the core, like the the pitch, the one-pager, whatever The log lines. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what gets us excited. Um, and then, obviously, there's a ton of work beyond that, the quality of the writing, the writer, blah, 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 mm-hmm. and putting the whole bit together. But it's, it's basically that kind of gut reaction. Uh, and if you... Yeah, it's, so it's instinctual. It's it, 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 I suppose it is. I mean, also, then, you kind of have to put your business hat on and kind of go, right, is this makeable? Is there an audience for this? How do we get it? You know, you don't have to kind of go, look, this is super commercial and therefore we'll be able to get, 
you know, loads of money to make it. You mm-hmm. know, it might be, look, this is a small, interesting indie picture, but there's a way of getting it made and uh, we can still get it off the ground. So it's really, it, but it's really just that gut reaction to the original idea. Yeah. So on the last right, that would have been the case that this script arrived in and, you know, it was about something, doing the right thing by your fellow human. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, you know, the story of repatriating a body was something that was quite interesting. I'd read a couple of articles, weirdly, like uh, uh, Aoife talks about a very specific mm-hmm. uh, case that I had heard of, but there was a couple of others that I'd heard of, and I, I always thought that was an, made for an interesting kind of core subject. Uh, it was character driven uh, and, 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 and funerals and deaths are uh, they're great crack they're, I mean, you can they knock are. an awful lot of fun <laughs> out of that yeah <laughs> particularly but Irish ones there yeah but it, I mean it is the cla- you know funerals uh, absolute classic case of laughter and tears you know the yeah. two uh, elements go together you do, you do. Just from a UK point of view, do it massively better over here. But you do it quickly, and everyone is welcome. Yeah, it's longer so in the UK, no, right? Well, it's, like, it's like a fortnight, you know, until you can get a slot at the crematorium, and then you know people ask, "Oh, do you think I'm invited?" I mean, it's a very weird vibe in the UK. Whereas over here, as I learned from my daughter who was at college over here, you know, she used to say every other week she was going to a funeral, and it was it was all her mates' grannies and things, and she yeah. would say, no, no, what you don't understand, Mum, is over here you go to support the living. You know, you go to be there for your mates. It's not all about the dead person who she often wouldn't have met. And it just always felt to me, you know, so much more nourishing and so much better. So we've made a, you know, comedy that's got a funeral at the beginning and a funeral at the end and much <laughs> chat about funerals all the way along. Um, but actually, it's a very heartwarming, positive film. Uplifting. Yeah, yeah good. We like that, to hear that kind of comedy drama element is essential for us as deadpan pictures. Yeah, you yeah. Know, that's, we kind of decided very firmly that you know, set up the company about five years ago and it was very firmly in that niche. Yeah. Uh, and unapologetically so. It was just like, look, this seems to be what we're good at, so let's try and get better at it. Yeah, and you've, I mean, obviously you guys have had some, you know, from from a, an Irish listener's perspective, some great success with TV shows like Can't Cope, Won't Cope recently and uh, Nowhere Fast as well. So, And you're also, it, it seems, investing in a lot of female talent as well. Yeah, yeah. My business partner, Ailish McElbeal, is a woman. That's handy, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. So Have you, I think you, she brings a strong gender bias <laughs> to, the, to the table, which is... Which I'm well, active, you have 50% on the line all the time. Um, yeah. Any, just to get away from the, the project that you're selling now... Um, uh, at the moment, selling. Well, not. Aren't we all selling films, <laughs> darling? We are. Yes. Um, what? What? What are your? I'll ask both of you. What are your favourite projects you've worked on so far? Now I know you can't pick a favourite from all your kids, but you can say even in terms of an enjoyable experience, because because as we as we all know, production and 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 you know how it's received are very different animals. Um, what? Which projects in particular have you enjoyed over the years? Uh, well, if I could pick one from the past and one from the future, Certainly, uh, yeah. Moon Boy was great fun to work on. Uh, really enjoyed that. An awful lot of fun times on that project, and it seemed to have struck a chord with an awful lot of people. And what yeah. was also great about that show was that it was so Irish. <laughs> you know, it kind of broke the rules of, you know, don't be too culturally specific. Yeah. And it, like Moon Boy, no, we're being culturally specific. We'll crack jokes that nobody else is going to get. Uh, but there was enough of them that uh, for an international audience, you only had to wait 
a couple of minutes and there was another fun part to be had. Yeah, yeah. And also the characters were great as oh, well. Oh, there's some great m- moments in that. Like even Touchy Feely is... Uh, <laughs> it's a great character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What a name. Um, and and then, y- then the other one would be Dead Still, which is coming out next year. Okay. It won't be till March or April next year. But yeah, that, that's, that's with uh, Imogen Murphy, who is a previous guest. So check back in on a previous episode for yeah, that if you want to know good. a bit more about Imogen that. Imogen directed uh, a whole bunch of uh, Dead Still, six one hours. Uh, 1880s memorial Am I right in saying that that was initially and I think this is uh, important for people to hear that was initially a Storyland pitch wasn't it? Yeah it it was was That was rejected I think Yes yeah 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 uh, yeah, there's a whole story maybe you'll you'll have to have us back to talk about that that'll that'll fill fill up a a bunch of time but uh, no it's a really exciting project and again with death right at the yeah, front, there's a. I'm, I'm seeing a. I'm, I'm seeing a, a, a through line here. I know. Yeah, yeah. It's and gas. Dying gas. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's quite a quite a big important subject. Uh, well, but also, if you can kind of tackle that with with uh, laughter and tears, then you know. Um, a bit of humility. Yeah, yeah. It, it comes naturally. Yeah. Or maybe Pippa might want Pippa, to. Pippa, do you want to chime in on this and say? Um, can I separate my laughter and tears? So. Most certainly. <laughs> which we do more generally, I think, over the water. So. For laughter, I mean, I referred to it already. Um, uh, you know, we we did have a blast making Chalet Girl up the mountains in St Anton, mm-hmm. and it's turned into one of those much-loved rom-coms that all teenage girls seem to have seen, yeah. and their parents then reluctantly own up to having seen and enjoyed it as well. And, <laughs> you know, as a producer, it's a bit like childbirth. You forget that it was absolute agony to close and make and finance... Um, and you just look at everyone having fun on the slopes, and you go, "Wow, we had such a good time doing that film." But that it was a, it was a, an altogether good experience, and and made me some relationships that I've kept going till this day. So that was great. That's the most um, important part, surely. And it is really important. Yeah. Yes. Um, um, going going much further back um, in terms of sort of the 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 whole sort of journey through from a very difficult premise through to. Um, being, you know, garlanded. Um, I, a, a gentleman called Paul Greengrass made a UK TV show about the murder of Stephen Lawrence. Oh, and yeah, off the yeah. back of that, Paul, um, if everyone at Granada said, Paul, you've got to make a film. He'd actually made a couple of smaller films earlier, but he needed to get back into it. And he came and chatted to, to me and my colleagues about, about ideas that he had. And one of them was to go to Derry and make Bloody Sunday and and I sort of read this treatment and, and I pride myself on being you know relatively well up with things and I thought god I don't know anything sure. about this I don't know half of what I should know and you know we ought to get this done so we set off down what was quite a difficult road um, you know Paul didn't have the reputation he obviously now has um, it was Oddly enough, in one of those casting ways, Jimmy Nesbitt was the bee's knees at the time because of cold feet. So the whole thing falls into place by that sort of mixture of serendipity and luck mm-hmm. that that uh, that always happens. Completely by um, accident, I, I rewatched that. I was I was moving house and I have a box of DVDs and I found it and I watched it about two or three weeks ago. Yeah. And um, because a lot of it was shot, I'm from Dublin on the north side, so a lot of it, it was, was shot around Ballymun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I grew up around there and. Yeah. Um, it brought back a, a lot of memories because a lot of sets were kind of in or, in and around the periphery as I was travelling around. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I mean, the, the Rossville Flats obviously was no, no longer in Derry. Yeah. And, and it modernised quite a lot as well. Right? And so, you know, we came to, to Ballyman um, and... Um, that was 2002, was it? 2001? 2000, I think we made Sorry. it. It came out in 
came out in 2002 because that would have been, you know, wow. when's the anniversary? Uh, anyway, it was around there for sure. Yeah. Um, and, um, and, and there was an extraordinary day where we actually did the, the bulk of the, the big demonstration mm -hmm. and, and the sort of the shooting. And at the end of the day, Paul said to everybody, I mean, people had come down from Derry to play the people of Derry and soldiers from the UK were playing the soldiers. And he said, okay, no one's going home. We've all had a really tough day. We're going to the pub. And it was in those days, pubs were still very smoky places. Um, <laughs> and it was one of those great big sort of estate pubs. And we filled it all up and everyone uh, drank a lot of pints and <laughs> cried on each other's shoulders. And it was just, you know, one of those moments that you're in the business for, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that communal sense of... Yeah. Sort of a, and at the time we didn't know that he was doing something quite special, but he yeah. obviously was. It's a very important piece of work. It still stands up, obviously. Yeah. Because it's yeah. a while ago now. It is yeah, a while ago. Yeah. yeah. Time flies, huh? Um, yeah. I guess. Uh, what have you got coming up next? Uh, we've just made, you know, on the basis that working in the UK is a bit grim at the moment because life in the UK is a bit grim at the moment. We come over here. We'll we, have you. Well, we we did our film in Ireland, and then while we were in post on this film. Um, I was lucky enough to go to Italy um, oh. and made a film um, with Liam Neeson and his son in Tuscany. Wow. Okay. Um, so how lucky was that? that sounds <laughs> Again, nice. a first-time director, um, a gentleman called James Darcy, who is a, um, a little known as an actor and uh, had a passionate story to tell, a bit like Aoife. Mm -hmm. And um, we're in post on that. That'll be out uh, next year. So it's great to have some people on who are really investing in new talent, specifically. Um, it's very encouraging to hear. Uh, and Paul, have you anything else that you want to you, you want to talk about coming up? Obviously, you've talked. You sure dead still. Sunday tonight, seventy-one. I think it was, isn't it? Yes, I'm thinking. Yeah, so, not sixty-seven. Yeah, I thought. No, no, yeah. Kick him. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very polite. Um, um, we're currently shooting uh, in West Cork again, uh, in the fictional town of Carrigeen for uh, <laughs> uh, another six by one hour TV series, okay. uh, which we're shooting in Wicklow. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's the Wild Atlantic East. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Change of scene, but uh, no, that's that's shooting at the moment. So that wraps next Friday tomorrow week, uh, and she'll be on air at some stage next year. Okay. Um, can you divulge what it's called? Oh, sorry, it's called the Southwesterlies. The Southwesterlies. Very yeah. good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thanks very much for your time. You're very good for coming in. Thank you. Uh, I just want to just uh, just to wrap up because I forgot to mention it at the start. Uh, it's been a week of kind of big losses for film and TV uh, in terms of Gayborn passing away. Um, as you know, seminal broadcaster, uh, very important figure in Irish broadcasting, and uh, Neil Tobin uh, passed away yesterday. Who's uh, just the very epitome of brilliant character acting. Um, and obviously leading, leading acting as well, but very specifically somebody who was uh, an influence not only to myself, uh, I met the man, uh, but also uh, a great deal of people, particularly in Cork. And since we're here, I think it's important to, to mention that. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, rest in peace and uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, as always, if you'd like to support FNI, head on over to www.com buymeacoffee.com forward slash FNI. Uh, you can subscribe on uh, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you pour poison into your ears. Uh, thanks a million guys for coming in. You're very good. And thanks, as always, to our sponsors of the podcast, 
wildcard distribution who go above and beyond supporting uh, not only this podcast but everything we do at Film Network Ireland. Very good. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you.